You're listening to the Niners Bros, your home for post-game analysis, correcting media narratives, and keeping you up to date on all things San Francisco 49ers. What's up, guys? I'm Michael Ditchfield. And I'm David Ditchfield, and we are the Niners Bros. On today's episode, we break down the 49ers' 37-15 shellacking of the Carolina Panthers, and head coach for the Panthers, Matt Rule, is now unemployed. And so is the defensive coordinator for the Panthers, Phil Snow. So anytime you can go on the road and get the opposing head coach and defensive coordinator fired, that's generally a good sign. Yeah, and we don't want to be too flippant about it. Of course, Matt Rule is a real person, and I'm sure his kids don't want to answer questions about their dad getting fired at school today. But he is still owed over $40 million by the Panthers. And now he doesn't have to come into work at 6 a.m. to game plan for Aaron Donald and the Rams. So there's that. Yeah, there's worse ways to make a living, that's for sure. And uh, I'm sure he can cry all the way to the bank while he's on the golf course. And, you know, I will say we don't want to be too boastful or gloating but if you listen to our last podcast the breakdown of the Rams game in the last minute as we previewed this game I did say that the 49ers defense might leave the Panthers with an interim head coach this week and that's indeed what happened so overall a great team win for the 49ers let's get into some of the storylines coming in as we usually do Uh, for the 49ers Injuries, injuries, injuries again coming in. And how are you going to account for Christian McCaffrey without Javon Kinlaw or Eric Armstead? And then questions about Kinlaw and his usage too. He had not been getting the ball much for the Panthers. A lot of concern about Matt Rule and that 32nd rank offense coming in. Would they be able to score enough points against this vaunted defense? And you know, it would be really nice if we didn't have to spend so much time every week talking about the injuries. This team just feels straight up cursed. I've never seen anything like it. You said injuries were an issue coming into the game. And of course, now after the game, devastating news. Emmanuel Mosley, the cornerback, is done for the year with an ACL. Nick Bosa has a groin strain and not sure how much time he's going to miss. Jimmy Ward uh, has missed most of the season so far. Came back and on the very first play of the game breaks his hand he's going to have surgery and is going to be missing time Robbie Gold had (laughs) several tackles yeah I mean he he had a couple of tackles in this game which is generally not a good thing Uh, the 49ers are going to be working out some kickers on Wednesday not sure if Gold is going to miss time either but every week it just seems like the injuries just keep coming We've already lost our starting quarterback, Trey Lance. We've lost our starting running back. We've lost our starting left tackle. Starting safety has missed most of the year. Sam linebacker. I mean, these are not special teams guys that are on the field for a few plays every now and then. This is These are really serious injuries. Yeah, the 49ers came into this game with the second most injuries in terms of starters missing time and things like that, some of the graphs that were up, and now more losses just piling on. So... Fortunately, they do come out with a win in this one. And let's get into the drive-by-drive like we usually do. If you didn't get to watch the game or even if you did and you want to relive it, we're just going to talk about how this game sort of unfolded. So right off the bat, George Kittle did get involved early with two catches on the opening drive for the 49ers, which was nice to see. And then Jeff Wilson ripped off a 41-yard run where, again, it was like the Red Sea parting and just nobody between him and, and the one safety to beat. He did beat him to the outside. Didn't make it all the way. I think Elijah Mitchell is is scoring on that but still 41 yards a new, a new career high after last week's career high if he does that every week you know a new career high yeah then, we're going to be in great shape i think so 
Yeah, but um, nice to get a, a touchdown on the first drive, and that's something that Carolina, for all their struggles, had not been giving up um, opening drive touchdowns. Of course, it went to Tevin Coleman. Like, dumb. Yeah, of course, because Tevin <laughs> Coleman loves playing the Panthers. A couple of years ago, he had a monster game against the Panthers where he had four rushing touchdowns. Of course, uh, in this game, had a receiving and a rushing touchdown, which I think everybody was probably starting him on their fantasy teams. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. If you're in like a 30-team league or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But um, after that, Carolina's opening drive, they go three and out with a pass breakup by Mooney Ward. He's someone that you just keep talking about as you do drive-by-drive analysis because he affected so many plays. Four pass breakups in this game. Can we talk for a minute about the decision to sign him for $13 million a year instead of going after J.C. Jackson or Steph Gilmore, even though Steph Gilmore has been good? Yeah, and you know the 49ers couldn't have gotten off to a better start. Touchdown, and then your defense goes three and out. Charvarius Mooney Ward has been everything the 49ers could have expected and so much more. Like you said, four pass breakups in this game alone. He has been phenomenal. Just shut down corner absolutely the entire season. It's been so great to watch. I would argue that his play on defense this year has been similar to Bosa's in that it changes what we can do on defense. Just having him out there and knowing that he does not need help, it changes whether we can blitz or not, whether we need two safeties in the back or one. It's just been really remarkable. But anyway, on the next San Francisco drive, Kittle gets involved with two more catches, but he fumbles. Yeah. And you know, happy birthday, George. Uh, Great to see him (laughs) getting involved in the game plan. Unfortunately, that fumble there, Uh, not ideal ultimately the Panthers were not able to turn that into points so yeah they missed a field goal which which we've been doing plenty of but we'll talk about that later on the next drive for the 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo made probably the best throw of his career my jaw hit the floor I know yours did too but pressure all day the the Panthers really did try they know that Jimmy gets rid of the ball quick everyone knows the the word is out and they brought blitzes sometimes there were free rushers and he managed to just turn in time before he got his head taken off and threw just a gorgeous pass down the sideline to Tevin Coleman it was a 30-yard gain but probably traveled closer to 40 air yards and I just I couldn't believe it when it happened and Jimmy Garoppolo may not be durable but I don't think anybody can question his toughness he will stand in there and take a shot and make a throw he's not always bombing the ball way down the field but in this case I think maybe the only person more surprised than us to see that throw was the defensive back covering Tevin Coleman (laughs) first off that that ball was even thrown and second that he came down with it it was really tight coverage he obviously never got his head around but really tight coverage Tevin made a really great grab to come down with that ball and he said after the game that the ball was not even supposed to go to him that if a linebacker goes out then it's an option but if a corner stays out on him that that's not the read so (laughs) gunslinger Jimmy is not the Jimmy Garoppolo that we know or were prepared for in this game the G is for gunslinger Jimmy G (laughs) okay okay we'll we'll see if that goes viral and gets gets going on Twitter I don't I don't think it's going to but anyway that drive did stall out a little bit after kind of a flag for an eligible man downfield and then Jalen Moore gave up a sack as you would expect in any game where Jalen Moore plays it could have been worse but but the drive does. yeah he did okay and and the entire offensive line did okay this was definitely a regression for them not quite as sharp as we've seen them definitely penalized a few times uh not quite as as good as we've seen in the last few weeks but nice after the turnover on the second drive for them to come right back and and score to make it 10 nothing on that third drive for the panthers they had you know they, they get the ball back and we were a little 
displeased with <laughs> a penalty that was called on or not a penalty, but a penalty that should have been called on Mooney Ward where Robbie Anderson had a 31-yard gain. And we thought, how did he get separation at the last minute? Like, Ward has been so good. And and then we found out why. Yeah, that was the one play that he basically gave up. And he was with Robbie Anderson the entire way until right at the last second where he suddenly like lost a step and couldn't figure out why that happened. On the replay... You got to give Robbie Anderson credit. That might be the slickest OPI I've ever seen. He absolutely created separation there, but it was really subtle. And so the refs didn't see it. And he definitely got away with one there. But that's the really the only time all season that Mooney has even given up a, a big time play. And if you were not watching live, it's very unlikely that you would have seen the highlight of this or at least the slow motion replay of it. But I'll describe it to you. Basically, it's like what Kittle did in the Super Bowl where he got called for that flag at the end of the first half if Kittle had pushed more. But it really, it, it should have, it, it should have been OPI in our opinion, but it doesn't end up hurting the 49ers too much. They do uh, march down and kick a field goal. Havunga actually had a sack earlier in that drive, but it wasn't like a 10-yard loss. It was just sort of like a Baker scrambling to get back to the line and Havunga was the nearest man. But after that, both quarterbacks were in a bit of a groove, some good throws early on, but they did kind of trade punts a little bit. The 49ers finally got another drive going, but they had another field goal that was blocked, and this is a recurring problem for the 49ers. And the 49ers actually had two kicks blocked in this game. One of them was an extra point. Uh, Mitch Wisnowski was called in for kicker duty after Gold exited the game with a Knee injury after one of his tackles. Uh, and <laughs> one, that's that's never good when the kicker is involved in multiple, multiple tackles. So we're, no. we're going to get to that. But. So, yeah, Wisnowski, of course, came in and snap-hooked his first <laughs> attempt. That was like, who was it? The, was it Chase McLaughlin that, a couple of years ago where he had one that he just absolutely kicked it basically like off the screen? So that's what Wisnowski did in his first attempt. His second attempt, which was an actual uh, PAT, he was going to snap hook it again and actually got an assist. This one was blocked. <laughs> he was going to snap hook it again. This one was blocked so hard. He actually altered like, the trajectory of the ball. <laughs> redirected it. Yeah, redirected through the goalpost. The commentators were so funny about that too. They said, you know, oh, it, it goes through the ball. You know, he manages to persevere. It's like, oh, no, no, no. No, he he redirected that back in line to where it actually was, was good. But Yeah, I feel like the Panthers should have gotten like at least a half a point for that or something. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would take it. Uh, anyway, a blocked field goal, but... Fortunately, this one at least wasn't returned for seven like in previous weeks. Coming out of that, Emmanuel Mosley gets a pick six off of Baker Mayfield, and you called this. I did, and I have no way to prove that, but about <laughs> six or seven seconds before that play started, I said, Baker's going to throw a pick six here. Didn't know to whom, but it was nice to see Emmanuel Mosley in the right place at the right time, and then capitalizes, gets that great return for a touchdown, and gets the Niners to that infamous 17-point mark. Yep, and we talked about that, just that under Matt Rule, when people score 17 points against the Carolina Panthers or when they score more than 17, generally they win, which is a, a lot of why he is not... You know, he's not on his sofa today because he couldn't develop Teddy Bridgewater or because he couldn't fix Sam Darnold or make a star out of Baker Mayfield. He's He's sitting on his couch because this is a team that you cannot win by scoring 17 points in the NFL. So when you go up 17, 
in in that first half as the 49ers, you, you're feeling pretty good about this, that the Panthers are not going to be able to mount some kind of magical comeback. Yeah, I think what what's the number? The Panthers have won like one game when their opponents have scored 17 or more. So yeah. feeling good definitely with 17 at the half. 17 at the half, 17 to three. So, so a two touchdown lead. And Jimmy Garoppolo was good in the first half. He was 11 of 18 for 136 and a touchdown. Wilson, seven carries for 49 yards. So feeling pretty good coming out of halftime. Carolina gets a big return out to the 50, and they put together their best drive overall. There were some incompletions from Baker Mayfield, but uh, McCaffrey ultimately gets a 19 yard touchdown. Hafunga missed him in the open field, but so do a lot of great players in the NFL. Yeah, and this wasn't Hufanga's best game. We've been singing his praises basically every week as he makes one spectacular play after another. He definitely missed a few in this game. Uh, Nothing too crazy. You know, this is the NFL. You're going to have bad games, but Christian McCaffrey is definitely one of those special players, just like there's only one Debo Samuel. There's really only one Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy. And certainly one of those guys that's really, really difficult to bring down in the open field. Debo is more of a tackle breaker, whereas McCaffrey is more of a make you miss completely and break your ankles kind of a guy. Sure. 49ers come right back after that, and they have a a pretty horrible sequence as a fan. You're just kind of pulling your hair out where Danny Gray is targeted on a deep shot, and it's just not even close again, which is a recurring theme. I'd like to talk about that for a minute. But right after that, they announced that Bosa is hurt with the groin and may not return. And then Kittle on a false start. It was more of like a false running start. He was like 20 (laughs) yards up the field on it. Like if you ever watched that Indiana Jones movie with River Phoenix where it's like when Indiana Jones is young and he's with his – troop of scouts and they're out in the desert and he comes out of a cave and everyone's gone and he says oh no everyone's lost but me that was Kittle on that play like he he thought that everyone else should have been going and he was the only one that was pretty bad definitely the the walk of shame (laughs) he's 10 or 12 yards downfield and the rest of the team is still at the line of scrimmage so if you were wondering if you were wondering who is to blame (laughs) I don't don't think the refs had to confer on that one no but, but Ultimately, there was a PI on a fourth down that kind of bailed the 49ers out there. It was called on C.J. Henderson, on Debo, on this throw to the outside where I was, frankly, anytime Jimmy throws to the outside, I'm a little worried it's coming back for, for a pick. But um, but but no, they, they managed to keep the drive going. And then Jennings goes like Super Mario star mode where defenders are just bouncing, you know, you know, where defenders are just bouncing off of him, 32-yard gain. Just super impressive. Yeah, he's one of my favorite players on the team. He is one of those guys that is a dog, and he loves the game of football. I remember seeing some of his interviews right after he got drafted, and he was just so excited, so excited to be part of the 49ers and to get going on this team. He is an aggressive blocker, sometimes too aggressive, <laughs> but right up to the borderline of what is considered acceptable physicality in the in the blocking game. He does have a tendency to kind of double catch or double clutch on on some of these passes, but you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter as long as you are securing the ball. And he was huge on third down in this game. He's a, yeah, he's he's a weapon on third down. We we definitely saw that trend happening last year and continuing into this year. That's a that's a guy that Garoppolo trusts on third down. He is looking to Jennings on third down. Sure. And speaking of Garoppolo, it was nice to see what we've all been looking forward to as 49ers fans, a dual threat quarterback as Garoppolo runs it in for a score there on a scramble. 
It does get called back, though, with offsetting penalties. Still, right after that, he throws a dart to Debo to go up 24-9. to This game feels pretty well in hand. Carolina did get, right after that, a return right back out to the 50, and Robbie Gold gets shoved to the ground like the like the middle schooler on the playground and injures his knee. Right after that, Diamador Lenore gets burned for a 31-yard gain, but here, here come our leaders, Mooney Ward with another pass breakup, Warner with a sack, and they have to settle for a field goal. So... And the defense, once again, was outstanding in this game. Uh, Last week, they finished with seven sacks. This week, they come up with six. Fred Warner, as you mentioned, had that sack. Hufanga had a sack. Flanagan Fowles had a sack. Uh, Gibson and Burks actually split one. Mm -hmm. Omenahu had a sack and led the team in pressures. He's been really, really good. Hard to believe that the Texans just didn't want this guy. But, you know... Sometimes a fresh start is what you need, and pretty much anybody is going to be better under the tutelage of Chris Kasarek. So uh, Drake Jackson, of course, finished uh, with a sack as well to round out that group. Six sacks um, this week after seven last week. That's that's pretty good. Just super impressive. And Caroline is still technically in the game at that point. They're down 24 to 12, I believe. But San Francisco kept the pedal to the metal. They put together a 12-play drive right after that, which you just love to see, including three straight third-down conversions from Jimmy, where it wasn't just a third-down like in three or third and four. There were three straight third-down conversions where he converted from eight-plus. So just super impressive stuff from Jimmy. And then Wilson got a 16-yard run all the way down to the one-yard line. I know one of our issues with Wilson, we appreciate him, but he seems to get one big run early and then a bunch of two-yard runs, and it really augments his yards per carry. It was nice to see him actually finish finish the game a little bit stronger and have a nice 16-yard run to the one and then punch it in on the next play to make it 30-12. to 12. Yeah, he finished 17 carries for 120 yards and did get rewarded with that goal line touch, uh, punched it in for a score. Jimmy, of course, was 18 of 30 for 253 and two passing touchdowns. He had a 109.4 quarterback rating. If that's a stat that you're into, I know a lot of people are not, but uh, I think that was certainly his best game of the year. He had a couple of... Uh, inadvisable <laughs> shall we say throws sure uh, he had one over the middle to Debo that just wasn't really close to anybody had a couple of throws in traffic but he had a bunch of really really nice throws in this game as well he had a really great throw actually in the back of the end zone to Debo Debo kind of hesitated as he was running towards that ball didn't make a great effort at it he kind of tried to like one hand catch it Uh, But that was a really tremendous throw. If Debo had caught it, that would have been a great catch. But that was a really nicely thrown ball and certainly uh, could have been catchable. Yeah. Carolina didn't lie down. They did put together another drive and kick a field goal to make it a two-score game. Um, Niners ran out some clock and then punted again. It's still 15-30 to at this point. And then pretty much the clincher, uh, Carolina had that drive. Uh, Drake Jackson had a sack where right before that, unfortunately, Mosley got hurt, which was devastating because you you just knew. You, yep, you, you, immediately. You, yeah, you, you knew this was not like a, a twist or a sprain. You knew that it was some kind of serious injury. But on fourth down and, and nine or fourth and ten from basically backed up to their one-yard line, Drake Jackson and really the whole defense, amazing pursuit of Mayfield. It was like he had nowhere to go everywhere he turned. There was a 49ers defender trying to grab at him. Drake Jackson gets his second sack. And it's a turnover on downs on the one. And then Coleman punches it in for his second touchdown. Yeah, so I don't know who had Tevin Coleman on their fantasy teams. But (laughs) yeah. Maybe maybe you're in a 30-team league. Who knows? Yeah. So a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown for Tevin Coleman. He finished the game uh, with eight carries for 23 yards. So 
nothing special in terms of yards per carry there, but it was interesting to see him actually take the ball outside. He had a couple of like 10 yard plus runs, which is kind of that Shanahan staple, right? That outside stretch play where the running back just gets to the edge quicker than the defense and goes untouched to the sideline. And, and usually, again, that's like a 10 to 12, 10 to 15 yard run. I'm still stuck on the Coleman thing. Like I'm just imagining people on their fantasy football waiver wire, like picking him up thinking like, Oh, well maybe, maybe he's going to be the the new guy in San Francisco. Sorry. I got got a little distracted by that. But anyway, at that point it's pretty much garbage time. You know, Carolina brings in the backup PJ Walker. He gets lit up on two sacks from, from blitzes going on, you know, just, just really pressure, pressure, pressure. D'Amico Ryans did not let up at all in this game. So as you said, six sacks, and that pretty much does it at that point. The 49ers close it out. You know, just an impressive win overall, but certainly with, with some mitigating factors, the injuries at the end, just just hard to, to take. But, but certainly good to see the 49ers win when everyone else in the division lost. Yeah, and once again, the defense comes up big. Uh, they were able to get a lot of pressure, even without Bosa for the majority of this game. Uh, Dre Greenlaw led the team in tackles once again with 11. Uh, He actually leads the NFL in tackles for those who are uh, keeping track. He did have another uh, bonehead, (laughs) that's like, what what are you doing kind of a penalty again, um, where I believe it was I think Towards right, the end of the first half where yeah, yeah. Like the, the Panthers final drive before halftime and they, they were not going to score, but, and he's doing that thing where he's trying to rip the ball out really, really late, like almost like borderline unsportsmanlike there. And then right after that, he's trying to grab onto a guy preventing him from getting back to the line of scrimmage. And it's like, this defense is too good. Like you do not need to do that. No. So not sure what he was thinking. Uh, definitely a, a dumb play there, but outside of some of those head scratching penalties, he's been super for the Niners. Uh, Fred Warner was second on the team in tackles with nine, and then Diamador Lenore actually had eight tackles again this week. I believe he was actually third on the team in tackles last week as well. So great to see him making an impact, not just in coverage, but uh, with those tackles as well. Sure. It's hard to believe that we're five games into this season already. Like I've referenced, it was nice to see the other teams in the NFC West lose. But I think we're at the point now where even if you can't draw final conclusions, we're starting to get a feel for how the draft and the offseason free agent acquisitions and departures, how they're affecting teams. Let's just take a moment and talk about kind of what we're seeing around the league. Um, what are your big takeaways from, you know, we're not, we're not quite a third of the way through the season, but we've we're, we've seen enough to, to start to draw some conclusions about the, the pecking order. What's your big takeaway? Yeah, I don't know what my big takeaway would be, but in terms of maybe unexpected things or, or surprises, I would say maybe the Giants at four and one and really actually the whole NFC East. Uh, really off to a really strong start. The NFC East used to be the powerhouse division in the conference, and lately they've kind of been a dumpster fire. Sure. Um, So you see the Eagles come out. They are undefeated. Um, The Cowboys have not missed a beat with their backup quarterback, arguably. I mean, can can you say that? Is is there Are they better without Dak? I don't know. I won't go there. We'll leave that to Skip Bayless. He's got to be just insufferable right now (laughs) obviously the uh, commanders are the cellar dwellers there and you know what a shock right Carson Wentz was not able to turn that team around uh, under Ron Rivera's leadership Uh, but yeah the Cowboys the Eagles are doing great 
and the Giants again four and one and coming off a win against the yeah. Packers. Like wow, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, I would say for me the most surprising thing has just been how many playoff teams from last year or teams that had playoff aspirations have disappointed out of the gate. You know, Green Bay certainly missing Devontae Adams and, and losing to the Giants is kind of stunning. Cincinnati is two and three. The Rams are two and three. And one of my big takeaways from this game was the Panthers looked so much more physical than the Rams. I kept expecting more injuries for the 49ers. They just had such a more physical style of play. The Rams just look finesse. Their offensive line looks completely overmatched. They do not look like threats to repeat. They don't even look like threats to to win a wild card spot. Anything can happen. And we'll see. They're, they're always aggressive with draft picks, and maybe they trade for someone like Christian McCaffrey at the deadline. But, you know, the Colts, too. Matt Ryan looks like the, the ghost of Matt Ryan. The Broncos with Russell Wilson. They have a, a head coach who could be one and done. And Russell Wilson is not playing as well as Geno Smith. So that's, for me, that's been the biggest surprise as we came in thinking this was going to be the most exciting and interesting NFL season ever with so many teams potentially vying for the spot at the top. And it really seems like it's the They're, Bills, yeah. the Eagles, and depending on how well Jimmy Garoppolo can play, the 49ers, with the Chiefs trying to manage around some roster deficiencies. But there there's not a whole lot of competition at the top in terms of who the elite teams are. I think five games in, we, we pretty much know. Yeah, there's a lot of, like you said, just kind of average teams. You see the teams that actually have the potential to be more and to be better. And then, you know, there's there's just a lot of parity right now. There there are not a bunch of really elite teams. There are a lot of just these kind of middling teams. The 49ers absolutely should be 5-0 and right now. Oh, sure. With the teams we've played. But you'll take being in first place alone as you said all the other teams in the division did lose this week so thanks guys for that always nice to to be in first place alone one thing that you know i think we mentioned is the turf and this is such a huge issue yep um kittle really talked about this and and he's been you know he's kind of known as a goofy kind of a carefree sort of a guy but when it comes to turf he's made his opinions pretty clear over the years and you know came out with uh yeah i mean he he made a really interesting point and that is that how bizarre would it be in the nba if depending on which city or which stadium you were playing in if they used a different surface different wood different flooring it's absurd that you have a national football league where the surfaces are different and i know in baseball you know they also have some of this but but in baseball you have star players like ronald acuna jr for the braves who tore an acl you know out in miami he was just kind of jumping for a ball when he came down his foot stuck so it is bizarre that this problem exists especially in football which is such a contact sport it's it's a shame and you don't you can't 100 percent pin that on this mosley injury but we've seen the stats it's over 16 percent more lower leg injuries on these artificial fields than on grass and and that is a concern going forward how many other superstars is the league going to lose this year to lower leg injuries and as much revenue as the nfl generates you'd think they would find some way to address this issue if not completely alleviate it you know the nfl does raise awareness for a lot of really great causes but what <laughs> i would like to see is a month where <laughs> acl month yeah where the players can basically raise awareness to we need to not be playing on turf anymore um artificial turf yeah, that that would be something. Yeah, and, Goodell. I think I think Goodell would really love that idea. Everyone, email him about that right now. <laughs> I'm sure that's what the 49ers are doing at the Green Bar, uh, Green Briar. Other than just getting ready for the Falcons. And before we get into that, I do want to just say for a moment that it'll be interesting to see how D'Amico Ryan's 
compensates for the loss of Emmanuel Mosley. I think we saw Womack, Samuel Womack, enter the game for him. And Womack was someone who played really well in the slot in preseason, had two interceptions. But he could potentially you know, hang on outside. Yeah. He was really feisty in the preseason and it seems like Lenore has kind of locked down that slot uh, position, that nickelback role. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Womack get that job. I think there's probably going to be a competition between him and Ambry Thomas. Not sure what kind of progress, if any, Ambry Thomas has been able to make over the offseason. He came into the game and gave up a catch right away. He's, he gives me a Kello Weatherspoon vibes where Weatherspoon turned into a decent player, but in his early tenure with the 49ers, anytime he was inserted into a game, he immediately gave up catches. And, and it wasn't like he was way off. He, they were usually contested or he was close, but just didn't get his head around in time or things like that. And Ambry Thomas seems to be a bit of a magnet for the ball where it just always seems to find the guy he's covering and he's not quite there other than that huge pick he had against Stafford last year yeah basically getting us into the playoffs that was a a huge play and he certainly did improve uh, but Ambry Thomas was not really somebody that should have been on the field as much as he was last year obviously that was out of necessity due to injuries once again shocker Um, but it'll be interesting to see you know again if he has progressed if he's going to get some more playing time not sure again Womack has looked really good Um, 49ers have Jason Verrett coming back allegedly from injury it doesn't sound like he's going to play in this Falcons game I think they're kind of building him up there's no point in bringing him back from a knee injury for him to blow out a hamstring because he's not in shape yet but I think they're they're kind of hoping that maybe by the Chiefs game he'll be ready but that'll be on turf and yeah and on turf yeah can we I don't care how Bosa feels can we just hold him out of this Falcons game yeah yeah please I mean (laughs) we should be able to beat the Falcons without Bosa like don't don't push your luck here. Yeah. I do want to talk to, you know, D'Amico has choices with how to replace him. I have full confidence that he will figure it out. He has been just elite as a defensive coordinator and good for him. He had one interview for the Vikings job last year and and he didn't pursue it. I think it's a foregone conclusion in the league that he will be getting a job. He 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 will be interviewed for pretty much every opening and he may have his pick of two or three and and good for him and and good for the 49ers for having Vic Fangio hanging around the building <laughs> in the offseason knowing that that D'Amico Ryan's is not long for this team. Yeah, it's going to be sad uh to lose him, but that that's just inevitable. Um like you said, I think it was a really smart decision of him. I don't know if it was ever officially offered, uh, but I think he wanted to get that experience, right, of interviewing for a head coaching job. Sure. So he's been through that process, but the experience that he's getting under his belt right now is going to be invaluable as a head coach. He's probably seen a lot of these other coordinators go on to head coaching gigs, and they just flame out immediately. So good for him for for making the smart play, getting some experience, sort of building that resume, those game time decisions, so he doesn't have to do a hack it and call somebody else in to make those game time decisions for him like the Broncos do. Um, He will absolutely be a head coach next year. And the one nice thing about that is the 49ers will at least get a compensatory draft pick for that, probably a third round pick. We seem to be taking more advantage of that program than anyone else in the league and, and good for us. I'm sure that D'Amico Ryans will have things cooked up for Marcus Mariota. <laughs> the Falcons this week are coming off a really gut-wrenching loss to the Bucks, where they were called for the most gentle and delicate roughing the passer penalty in the history of the NFL because it's Tom Brady. Yeah, 49ers fans are no strangers to BS roughing the passer calls, but that one was special. If there are any Patriots fans listening, which I don't know why you would be listening to a 49ers podcast, but... 
can anybody really stand up and say that, okay, like, no, like Tom Brady is not treated differently than any other quarterback. Is anybody still trying to make that argument? That was the weakest, weakest roughing the passer I think I maybe have ever seen in my life. Terrible to just lose a game. So on the other hand, you could say that the Falcons kind of got away with uh, pass interference on the previous play in that drive, but still, boy, that roughing the passer, that was terrible. We haven't talked about this, but just quick snap decision. Do you think that after the divorce that Tom Brady comes and plays for the 49ers when he's 48 and, and his <laughs> kids have, <laughs> have blackballed him, they don't want to see him? We'll see. Hopefully by then Trey Lance has healed and, and figured it out, but... It should be a good game against the Falcons. It's always a challenge when you're on the East Coast, on the road, a, a 1 o'clock start time, so 10 a.m. for our guys. But Mariota has not been terribly impressive. His QBR is inflated by his running numbers, but in this game, he gave up. You know, The Bucks have a similar defense in some ways to us, relentless pass rush, and he was sacked five times, threw for 147 yards. And then for their defense, you just hope they come in a little bit worn out. They had to chase after Brady on 52 pass attempts the Bucks do not really attempt to run the ball so you wonder if their d-line is going to be gassed and if they are let's run 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 and, and get out of there with a win before we come home to play the the Chiefs and the Rams but so that'll do it for us again he's Michael I'm David we are the Niners bros be sure to like and subscribe we're on Twitter Apple Podcasts Spotify thanks for listening and we'll see you next week